Wonderful, thank you. All right, good evening. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This, chap this week's chapters and step is um, chapter four, how it works, um, chapter five, how it works. And our speaker tonight is Crystal P. Thank you, Crystal. Hi, everybody. My name is uh, Crystal P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, just before I begin talking about step four, um, just to quickly qualify, when I came into this program, I was 31 years old. So it was about four years, four and a half years ago, I was 250 pounds. I binged every single day. I made no promises at all. I woke up every day deciding that I was going to binge today. Like there was no difference between Saturday and Monday. Like I woke up on Monday deciding I was going to binge on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I had decided that I was going to die. I was just going to eat as much as I could before the disease killed me. I had no relationships at all. People were in relationship with me. I just was not in relationship with anybody because you cannot be in a relationship with anybody when you spend all of your time just in your on your couch with your hand in some kind of crinkly bag, not showing up for anybody. And uh, spiritually, I was... I was the most religious person you could ever imagine. I Everybody in my family knew I was going to become a Catholic nun. And uh, they would come to me and my, my parents would come to me and say, can you please pray for us? Because they thought I was just Miss Holy Pants, you know? And what? so I was very shocked when I came into program and realized that, that I actually, the only God in my life was me. And I was a horrible, horrible God, just exacting and 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 terrible. So that was who I was, um, you know, before program. And when I came into program, you know, I played around for a little while until I realized that I'm not, I'm not going to live if I don't take this seriously. And uh, that's when I put down all the foods, all the food behaviors and all the food quantities. I got very serious. I started uh, listening into the vision for you meetings because I needed to hear real recovery every single day, every, every morning I needed to, I needed to hear that because I would wake up every morning and forget that I'm not like everybody else. Um, and I needed to hear that every morning. And then I started to work uh, the steps, really work the steps. You know, before I used to be like the tool queen, you know, I would like show up to the meetings early, arrange the chairs, like do the we care list, like write things down, but I wasn't actually working the steps. And I started to actually work the steps, you know, um, with a big book sponsor. And the last thing was that I just started following instructions. Like if my sponsor told me pluck like a chicken and run down the street three, three times, I would have done it. And then I would have done it again. And then I would have called her and I would have been like, do you think I should do it a third time? Do you think that would help? Cause that's where I got to. It was just like, just tell me what to do. I don't want to die of this terrifying disease. And I have to say step four, you know, this step saved my life. It was really the first really hard step for me, you know, um, and I know that I would not be alive today. I would not have the recovery that I have today if I did not do the fearless and thorough step four that I did. Now, for me, this is this is my my this was my story. But when I came in and my sponsor said, you know, make a list of all the people, institutions, and principles that I resented. And I did. And honestly, I didn't need to do any kind of qualification before this. All I have to tell you is that I listed out 300 people 
80 institutions and 50 principles that I very actively remember. Like these were not like distant memories. Like the moment those people's names, like I wrote them down, there was like this anger that came up inside me. So I remembered them all. So that itself tells you I am a I am an addict through and through. Like nobody else on this planet resents 300 people. I don't even know how I met 300 people in my entire life, but they were all on my list, you know? And for me, when I did my step four, these are the things that really helped me. First of all, I wrote it all out by hand. I did not, there was no, I started writing by computer actually, because I, I, uh, I had started working with a different sponsor and then I switched over to a big book sponsor. And um, I, I was typing it out, all out in the computer and my sponsor said, no, no, go get a notebook and start writing it by hand. And I'm like, are you crazy? There are 300 people on here. And it's just because you're like 30 years older than me. And if you weren't 30 years older than me, then you'd know that you can use a computer for these things. But I was at that point where I was like, I'll do what you say. So I, I, you know, I bought myself a notebook and I started to write. And it's funny, I even started to put short forms for things, you know, like self-esteem became SE, personal relationships became PR. And then my sponsor was like, no, 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 no. You're going to write the words out, you know, through and through. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I did what I was told because I learned. And now I don't type a single thing related to program ever. Everything gets written by hand because I learned that when I write things by hand, it goes from my head to my heart right through, you know, and I need my body needs to write that over and over and over for me for it to get to me and for me to for it to hit home for me. You know, so I wrote everything by hand. I followed instructions. As an example, I was told to write it column by column. Do you know how messy your notebook gets when you write column by column? Because you don't, you don't know how much of space to leave. If you look at my notebooks from university, they're the most pristine. You could publish those things, you know? And so the idea that I was going to have a bunch of messy notebooks, like it's so stupid. I have a fatal disease. Someone's telling me here's, here's a solution, but no, I want my notebooks to be neat. You know, this, this is the kind of resistance that came up and, and I can't even tell you the, like, it actually required me to like actively say to myself, Crystal, you're going to just follow instructions. And I did, I wrote it column by column. My notebooks are the most messy things you ever see in your life, but I did what I was told. And I'm so grateful that I did it that way, you know, because there was a purpose in every column. I learned something different. You know, what I found is the purpose of, because I actually started writing my step four in a different way. I started writing my step four using the, you know, hundreds of questions that were, sorry, I don't know how many questions are in the OA 12 and 12. And it just didn't work for me. All I was doing was just like writing the story of my life almost. And it didn't do anything for me. When, but when I started writing them column by column, the way it teaches you in the big book, that's where everything changed. Because what I found is the purpose of my step four was not to write my story, was not to tell everybody, you know, everything about my life. There were two things that it had to do for me. One is it had to prepare me for my step five. It had to get me to a place where I have to see that what I'm doing is not working, that I am the problem, not anybody else on this sheet. And until I get to that, I'm not going to be ready and willing to be able to look at my whole life from a different perspective, because that's what step five is for me. It wasn't just like telling somebody everything. It was the I, I had to come there to be able to hear everything or see my whole life from a different perspective now. And my step four's job is to get me there. 
The second thing that my step four is supposed to do for me was to make like it had to be practiced for the rest of my life. This is like to me, it was like basketball drills. You know, you like you dribble 5000 times. So when you're actually playing the game, you don't have to think about oh, what, what are the steps to do this? Like you just know it. It just comes instantly. I don't ever need any kind of step 10 template. Because I have done this so, I did it so many times in my step four. You could wake me up in the middle of the night and I'll do a step 10 for you right there. I'll do a column, like a step four for you right there because I just, it'll just come out of me. So it's telling me, it's giving me, these columns are giving me the way I'm going to live my entire life. The way I'm going to look at every single situation that I'm faced with. So that practice is very important for me. So this is what I learned. This is how I did my step four and what I learned in it. The first one was in column one. I went down my notebook and I wrote down every single person that I resented, every single institution, every single principle. And when I wrote down 300 people's names, what I realized in doing that is I resent almost everyone I've ever met. Like everyone I've ever met, I've either gone, anyone who I've not spent at least five minutes with, either I've walked away with some kind of resentment or guilt. And what that told me is something can't be wrong with 300 people. I'm the only common denominator there. It's me. Like I am the problem here. And what I also learned is clearly, I don't know how to do relationships at all. I thought, because this was revelation to me, because to me, I was just the most wonderful person. Crystal's the nicest girl ever. She never says no. She's always there for people. It was all garbage. I never did any of those things. But this is who I was in my head. I was the saint waiting to happen, you know, just two days away from being canonized like St. Crystal, you know? Um, and what I discovered is I actually don't have any relationships and I don't know how to do relationships at all. In column two, when I started to write just what were all those causes? Why did I resent those people? I listed out specific incidents, you know, not just broad generalizations, but specific incidents that really, that I remembered. You didn't even have to, I didn't have to like pull from my memory. I just knew them off the bat of my head, you know? Uh, off the bat of my head, that's probably wrong. Anyways, um, you, I, I just knew that, you know? And what I realized is it had nothing to do with the people. Like it was the same thing over and over and over. How are 300 people from different parts of the world, all different nationalities, personalities, upbringing, all doing the same thing to me? How is that possible? And what I realized it was it got nothing to do with the people. It's these actions that I'm, you know, that, that are really affecting me that are angering me. So it's not the people, it's the actions. Then I got to column three and I went deeper. And now all I'm writing is self-esteem, 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 self-esteem. How is this affecting me? That's what I was writing in column three. And I kept like, by the time I wrote self-esteem for the 5,000th time, it was like, okay, I guess I must have a problem with self-esteem, you know? And it started to dawn on me that it wasn't the people, it wasn't even their actions. It was how it was making me feel that's the problem. You know, and that's what started to come out. And all that I saw smothered over my column three was, you know, the word doormat. I'm a doormat. I'm a doormat. You know, I, this person betrayed me. I have to protect myself. I, you know, I don't trust them anymore. And for me, I didn't just like check off the check, like check boxes, like, oh, it affected my self-esteem. It affected my personal relationships that I needed. What I did was I wrote out self-esteem. How did it affect my self-esteem? personal relationships with so-and-so, how did it affect that? And I found that very helpful because I got all of this out of there where I saw like, wow, like self-esteem and this whole doormat thing and protecting myself is like the whole like atmosphere that I'm living my life in, you know? And then when I, before I got to column 
before, my sponsor had me uh, do something a little bit different. So she had me pause at column three and she gave me this um, this guide that uh, that was very, very helpful for me. And there were a couple of questions that she had me answer. Um, and those questions really made the biggest one of the biggest difference to my step five. What they really are actually, I think it's like uh, page 68 of the big book where each line is kind of turned into a question and uh, it gets me to reflect and write on it. And I found it so helpful. But the main questions that made the biggest difference for me were it had me, it asked me the questions, how did I fight back and retaliate and did it work? And that was huge. As an example, you know, my, my mom was the number one, you know, person on my list so many, so much of resentment towards her. As an example, you know, my mom always, you know, my mom criticized my, I don't know, my, like what, what I was wearing or what, you know, my, uh, the fact that I wasn't, um, that I didn't do things in the house or whatever it was. How did I fight back? I, I stopped hugging her. I pushed her away. I started to, I tried to be closer to my other aunts to like show, like teach her a lesson and be like, look, I'm, I'm, you know, going to find myself another mom. You know, I did all of those kinds of things. And then it asked me, what was the result? And I was like, oh, it was counterproductive. All I wanted was for my mom to love me. And I'm doing the things that are going to push her away even more. So it showed me that what I was doing with these resentments is not working. Then it asked me, you know, what, what benefits did I get out of these resentments? And how did it benefit me? And what I realized was, my gosh, that resentment for my mom was doing a lot for me. It meant I didn't have to take any responsibility for my life. You know, the reason I didn't go into, um, you know, a career in fashion was because my mom didn't think it was a good enough career. And I had to go and do, you know, uh, accounting in high school, in, in school, you know, it wasn't because of my mom. Was, I, was, I was terrified that I wouldn't be good enough. But I don't have to take responsibility for any of that because I can just blame her. And oh, my gosh, she gave me so many reasons to eat. It was it was beautiful, you know. So I got so much out of that resentment. And then finally, one of the questions it asked was, right? Like, how, can you see how this person is spiritually sick, just like you? And then I wrote about how, you know, just like me, like I do the same thing as my mom, just to other people. And sometimes actually to my mom herself, but it's okay when I do it. It's just not okay when she does it. And in doing those questions, so many of my resentments literally just like evaporated right there. So it was literally like some of them I looked at and I'm like, this is the stupidest thing. I can't believe I was resentful towards this. And they evaporated. Some of them, uh, many of them still stayed and I had to go through the full, you know, uh, all of the steps to, um, for, for those ones, but some of them just evaporated. Then before I got into step uh, column four, the, this guy told me I needed to pray. So for every, because see my step four is not an analytical act exercise. It was not an intellectual exercise of thinking my way out of these resentments. If I could do that, I would not have had 140 pounds between me and the world you know, I found 140 extra pounds between me and the world. If I knew how to think my way out of these things, you know, so this is where God has to come in and actually remove it. But I have to actually want him to do that. And by doing columns one, two, three, and now this instruction five, I got to the point where I could say to God, hey, God, please save me from being angry. Please help me. I see that I'm just like this person. And I would pray just like the actual, you know, sick man's prayer. Like, God, help me to see that this person just like me is spiritually sick. You know, please help me to show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience I would cheerfully grant to a sick friend. Please save me from being angry and show me how I can be useful to them. Your will, not mine, be done. You know, there's a reason I don't need a piece of paper to say that prayer because I've Five seen minutes it so left. Time. 
thank you. I've said it so many times. And I always remind, you know, remind myself, don't say the prayer, pray the prayer. Then I went into my column four. Now I was ready because I prayed for everybody on my list. Then I went into column four. And this was where now I'm ready to look at where am I selfish? And this meant where did I have a script? So I only looked at four things. That's it. Where selfish, self-seeking, dishonesty, and fear. Selfishness was where did I have a script of how things should go? And when things don't go my way, I'm mad. You know, how I know the best way for everything to go. Self-seeking was what action did I take to make things go my way? The dishonesty was not necessarily where did I lie to other people? Trust me, I lied a lot to other people. But the biggest person that I, the, mo the one that I lied to the most was myself. So I basically wrote down, what are the lies I'm telling myself? Things like, I can't be okay if this person does this. You know, that if I, um, that I'm, I'm going to end up alone or what, like that um, the only way for me to be safe is for somebody to act in this, this way. It's up to them to protect me. Like whatever, whatever the dishonesty was to myself is what I identified. And then finally I wrote about what was my fear. And I would ask myself, what's the ultimate fear here? Like, what am I really, really like deep down? At, if I say the so what, so what? Like, I'm afraid, you know, this, this, that, like of this, so what, so what, so what? Usually it always came down to, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to die. Like, basically that was every single fear, you know? So that was how I did my step four. Now, how I got through my step four, which it took me a while to do it. I wrote every single day. My sponsor told me to set a timer, right? For a certain amount of time, every single day, I did it right in the morning. She told me to write 15 minutes every single day. And that's what I did. Every single day, I did it first thing in the morning. I didn't wait for it all the way until the end of the day. Um, and I wrote every single day. The second thing I did was I, um, I called one recovered person at least every single day. And I said to them, this is what's going on in my step four. Today, I feel like this is never going to end. Today, I'm mad that, you know, I, I'm so angry and disgusted with the person that I'm writing about today. Today, I'm in tears because I know that I'll never be able to make things right with my grandfather, who I feel all this guilt about because he's passed away. Whatever it was, I would tell someone, this is what what's happening in my step four. Do you have any experience, strength, and hope with it? And I hated that. I hated it. I hated making those calls. Um, but that's what got me through my step four. And the biggest thing my sponsor told me was do not write this like a checkbox activity. So don't just write garbage for the sake of writing. Put my heart into it. And that's what I did. I absolutely put my heart into it. One thing I also found was the amount of resistance that came up. Oh my goodness. And resistance to step four never looked like what I thought resistance would look like. It was never like, I'm not writing my step four. It was oh my gosh, I totally forgot to do my laundry. I should do my laundry first. Then I'll write my step four. Oh, there was those outreach calls I needed to make. And like, oh, I had to do that project for work or whatever it is. It's just always something much more important than sitting down and doing my step four. You know, and they seem very, very, very legitimate, you know? Or, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do my step four. Just, I won't do it the exact way my sponsor said, you know, or the exact way I was told to do it. It's just these little things. And I found that what really helped me was to name it call it what it is. I'm not lazy. I'm not isolating. I'm not whatever. I'm resisting step four. That's what's happening. And my disease is going to not going to go down easy. It's going to do everything that it can to kill me. And I would name it for that, you know, and then I'd look at it and be like, okay, I'm like, all I need to do is just get out my notebook and write. That's it. Turn on the timer and write. And that's what I did. And today, thank you, God, 
because of the step four, I was willing to walk into my step five, willing to, because I got to my step five in a place where I was like, please help me. I cannot live like this anymore. I don't want to carry 300 people with me every day for the rest of my life. Tell me how I can look at my life differently and I will look at it like that. So when my sponsor, after all throughout my step four, it was my mom is a coward. My mom is a coward. She never protected me. So when my sponsor looked at me in the eye and said, do you realize what a courageous woman your mom is? Like it literally felt like somebody punched me in the gut because it was just like, it's some, it's like somebody took my whole life and said, everything you've believed is wrong. The sky is actually purple. You know, it, somebody might as well have said that. I was willing, I was ready and willing to be like, okay, yeah, I believe you. She was courageous because I, I just did not want to live like that anymore. You know, and because of that today, I have, first of all, I, I have, I've been absent now for four and a half years. I'm in a normal human, like normal, um, you know, normal body. Uh, I don't know how much of weight. Time. Thank you. And today I have relationships with everybody in my life that I never thought were possible. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Crystal. That was awesome. Thank you for sharing. Okay, excuse me while I get my script here. So we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big, big book study, sharing and questions should relate to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share, ask a question, please raise your hand, your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. And Lita, would you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. If the speaker is asked, thank you. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. And who would like to share today? All right, first we have Angela G and then Krista S. Go ahead, Angela. Hey everyone, I am Angela G, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, thank you everybody who's doing service tonight and thank you, Crystal. Uh, wonderful hearing you tonight. Um, you know, this step four, uh, you know, I. Uh, it, I've had many iterations of step four and many different levels of acceptance around, um, you know, this healing process. And uh, I'm just off of a Zoom call with uh, my four sisters. And um, I can't tell you how different these relationships are today because of this step. Um, you know, when I think of uh, this recovery process, I think of relationships. I think of relationship, the re relationship I have with myself. I think about the relationship I have with a higher power now that I never had before. Uh, I think of the relationships in my life that are changing, that are um, transforming my life and enriching my life. Uh, I would not have thought that this healing would be possible with my siblings. Um, and we're coming together for the greater good. And, um, you know, it's just been such an incredible process to 
you know, I have moments where I feel like I'm watching myself go through all of this, you know, like I'm not really as present as, um, as I'd like to be maybe. And I don't know if I'm dissociating still, but, uh, you know, I, I watch how things are changing in my life and how intentional I am about things. And it all comes down to this step four, you know, finally taking responsibility for my part and owning that I had caused harms. Um, I went along for a while saying I did the best I could, right? With what I had, with what I knew, I did the best I could. But to actually own it and to make those amends and to see my part, it has been transformational. If anybody is new here tonight, please stick around and follow this simple program. It absolutely works. If you work it, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you. Thank you, Angela. All right, next is Krista S. And then we'll go to Jody. Hi, everybody. Krista, compulsive overeater and bulimic from Chicago. Um, I was driving home from work and I pulled over to, to um, yeah, to share because like I want to be focused. I, Crystal, oh my gosh, like that was so, <laughs> that was so good. I, um, when you said the thing about like you having all these resentments towards your mom and then, you know, being told like, oh, your mom is such a courageous person. And then like it feeling like that punch in the face and just the sky is purple. Like that is so relatable. I mean, my resentments literally create the fabric of my reality at any given moment. And like, that is not something I want to admit. Um, but something I need to share and that I'm feeling really upset about is um, I was on step four with my most recent sponsor. And I, again, another thing I related to that you talked about, Crystal, is the resistance to doing step four. Um, I got like halfway through probably my step four. I wasn't, I was trying to just check the boxes. I wasn't putting my heart into it, like you said. And I, it was the exact same thing. It was like, oh, I got to go wash the dishes. Oh, I got to call my friend. Oh, I got to do literally anything but step four. Like, God forbid I have to do the thing that my sponsor asked me to do. Um, and I got to like pretty far into it. And suddenly I just decided like, you know what? My sponsor is not the right sponsor. And I need to switch sponsors. And it just happened to occur right in the middle of step four. And I ended up breaking up with my sponsor and finding a different one who's a lot more loosey-goosey and a lot easier and it's nothing against my current sponsor because I, I appreciate her so much too but I was on a really good track and step four was doing something for me that I didn't want to see yet I think and I don't know I um it's it's over with and it's done but I regret not just trucking through it and just doing what my sponsor said and not getting caught up in the details. And it's funny because like I broke up with my sponsor because of a resentment towards her. <laughs> it's just so ironic, you know, like there's, I don't know. Um, anyway, I just needed to hear this. Thank you so much. So, so, so much. And I will pass. Thank you so much, Krista S. All right. Now we have Jody and then Maya C. 
Okay, I think I'm unmuted. Can you hear me? All right, Jody, compulsive overeater. Um, I also have low battery, so hopefully I don't just get cut off. But anyways, um, it'll just be meant to be. Um, grateful I jumped on the meeting tonight. I'm actually on vacation, so with family. So it's a much needed thing when I'm with family to to stay connected and checked in. But I didn't know what step we were on tonight, and sharing step four is so awesome. I I just related so much to a lot that you said, and I love that you talked about the. My sponsor, when I was going through it at one time, called it an extended third column. Um, and not a lot of people do those, like writing out exactly like what your self-esteem, like how did this affect my self-esteem and how did this affect my security and ambitions and that. Um, and that was so eye-opening to me, writing out my column, because I just got to see how like unrealistic my expectations of the world is pretty much like to see like I need my or I think my perception is I think I need like my parents to act a certain way or my significant other or like the people in my life need to behave and act and do certain things so I can be okay. Like, so I can be comfortable. And, and that was just a lie. Um, and you, you said something, what, everything you believed is wrong. So like, that's what it was. Like everything I believed can be, there's a possibility that it's wrong and that's okay. Um, so it's just so eye-opening to take this fourth step and to do it and to actually write it out. I also could relate to that part of like your sponsor telling you you had to redo something or like do it this way because it was like, oh, I I did that on such a big inventory and I had to go back and rewrite everything. And I was so angry. But she said to me, did you did you tell me you were willing to go to any length? And I'm like, oh, yes, I did. And I am. And, and like, that's the beautiful part of this um program is is the recovery like i took step one you know like and i think everything goes back to step one like do i believe i'm a compulsive overeater am i powerless yes i am and then that makes me willing to go to each extra step in length to keep going um i feel like there was one other thing i wanted to say and now i forget what it was so maybe it's not that important <laughs> oh i think okay resistance um you were talking about the resistance in the fourth step and i was just listening to like the little things that you were saying like laundry or like you could think of other things to do besides your four step and um that got me today it's not just in my four step. i mean i've i'm recovered i've done all the steps but i continue working on but there's times where like i get up in the morning and i can think of other things to do besides sitting in meditation and it's like whoa i didn't even look at it that way like there's resistance why do i have resistance to this because you know i don't know practice. It's all practice. So grateful to be here tonight. And thanks for sharing your story. Um, I do have one question before I go. Um, how long did it take you to do that inventory, your fourth step, if you don't mind answering? Yeah, sure. Um, my inventory took, uh, the step four took me eight months. Um, I think initially I'd started writing it that particular way with all the, all the questions. And then I switched sponsors halfway through and then had to restart. So it took me eight months. I wrote every single day, called recovered people every day to um, uh, to ask for experience, strength, and hope on whatever I was struggling with that particular day, and that's what it that's what got me through. Awesome! Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Jody and Crystal. All right, next up we have Maya C, and then we'll go to Nancy P. Overeater. Thank you so much, Crystal. Um, there's so much I needed to hear in that, and especially your sense of urgency to go to any links. That's me. I'm done hitting bottoms. And um, 
you know, it's really cutting and baffling because, um, you know, even though I'm like in that point of desperation, my diseases, my obsession is just chattering on and on about foods that I know I can't eat. And so I feel very urgent. It's like the less I stay in my head, the more I can get into recovery. And yeah, it's been doing like, I'm, I'm back on step one, moving into step. I guess I, I'm just now starting on step two again, but I'm still doing tense. And like when the resentments come up, I know I just need to get it out. Cause like, that's the first thought that leads to the first bite for me. Um, yeah. Like, it, and it's such a challenging practice in the moment, especially when it's like my boyfriend saying something and then I'm like, all right, stay centered, sick person, don't fight back. That's an ongoing process, but I know that it is deadly because if I fight back in the moment, it's just going to increase into a bigger resentment and more of a reason to eat. And, um, I got a really long hard text from my mom today. I feel very entitled to financial reparations for, um, what I went through as a kid. And I know that I'm not alone. There's millions of people in this world that deserve financial reparations, um, because what happened like directly affects my earning ability. And it looks like that's not in my future. And like, yeah, I just need to let go of that resentment as quickly as possible. I didn't really want to share that because it's very entitled, but um, I just need to get it out and own up to it because yeah, um, maybe someone relates to it. Um, yeah, I'm just really doing the best I can to like stay in the footwork, stay in the steps. I also related, I was a program queen. I was about to leave the program because I'm like, I'm doing all the tools. Like, why isn't this working? And what's changed for me is like one, letting go of my alcoholic foods and not just binging and like to working the steps throughout the day, because it's really about like holding hands with my higher power more than it is about like, you know, it says in the big book so many times, like no human power can save us. So an outreach call can only go so far, but I'm like praying for the fear to be lifted, praying for the um, resentment to be lifted, getting it down on paper so that I don't stuff it down with food. And like, even as I'm saying, and I'm like, oh, but I don't do it every time. It's not perfect, but it is a practice. And I think my higher power sees that like willingness and that desperation to go to any lengths. Um, and next, time. Well, I was going to ask a question, but I'll yield my time. Thanks. Nancy, before you go, um, would the Zoom host please stop the recording?